0: What's up, Erica Martinez? And you were from Fort Worth SMP, correct?
1: Yes, yes, Fort Worth.
0: And uh how's what's it like down there in Texas right now? I know it's growing because of the uh Austin, Austin situation, right? A lot of people are coming down.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fort Worth and Dallas are growing like crazy. We have a lot of people moving from like New York and California. Um
0: is it is that messing with? I mean, is that helping you, or is that causing things to go up in price?
1: Oh yeah, like houses in the last four years have doubled. Everything's. I guess that's good if you're
0: high. a homeowner, right?
1: It is, but yeah, property taxes and everything's going up.
0: That's true. You're right. You're right. I actually property is going for up,
1: enough. so yeah.
0: So, first of all, how old are you, Erica? I'm
1: thirty-three.
0: 33 okay
1: mm-hmm.
0: and when did you get started doing smp uh
1: 2020?
0: 2020
1: 2020 like during the pandemic covid oh wow yeah
0: and who did you originally train yeah, with yeah it's
1: crazy so the first person i trained with was a guy here in dallas at dallas smp um and then shortly after, well, a few months after that, I trained with Chris Herrera from the Art of SMP.
0: Okay. Yeah, I saw you train with Chris. Yeah, so I met you briefly at the Scalp scalp Expo, the one that uh, Picasso Jeff put on uh, two years ago. And did you, were you also Mm -hmm. doing the master training class there as well?
1: Yeah, we did that. I think you were in my class, right, with Deep Black and Picasso.
0: Yeah, I wonder if anybody ended up doing the ASMP technique I person I tried it. Um, It was cool. It was fun to learn, right? I thought it it looked cool, but I I never really stuck with it. I might do a couple strokes here and there, but I'm definitely not doing the, you know, what was it, the C and then the C. It was hard. It (laughs) was. It was hard. Very tedious.
1: Yeah, but I do the same thing. I practice like here and there, but I always forget to check it when the client comes back. You know, they're just so small.
0: Yeah, it's just like... Uh, I don't even, I don't even, I haven't really seen him because I still follow him. I I haven't seen him post anything about doing the ASMP and where I don't even know if he, if he still does it, maybe he does, but that was interesting. It was fun. That was the first, that was the first time I got to meet other artists. And aside from when I'm training and stuff. Um, and then, uh, I think it was the first one in the U S right.
1: Yeah. And then the whole translator, I don't know if you remember that, like the whole translator thing was really complicated like we try to communicate with google translate but it was just, it was just hard to understand
0: it was i and, do remember and, that and
1: even like when he was doing his presentation
0: so, um when
1: yeah but you, it was it was a fun expo I, I definitely learned a lot
0: i agree i agree I di- uh, And then I ended up, I didn't go to the next one he had, but I, cause I was going to the one that uh, Matt put on the scalp yeah. and they were like back to back.
1: They were, they were like on the same day, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of money and traveling. I was like, I'm just going to go to this one. Uh, cause I already went to the, the scalp. And I think the other one was in Mexico too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you got to renew my passport. All that yeah. And it
1: was thing. within six months.
0: Yeah. Now did you, um, First, I want to ask, before I go into a little background about yourself, you being, because you're killing it, I'm watching your stuff, you're doing a really good work, really, really good stuff, and for, I guess, what you're going on three, four years of doing SMP, um, what's it like as a female, as a pretty female, trying to recreate hairlines on bald guys who already have, they're self-conscious, right? So do you do you get guys come in? They're just like, they don't want to talk to you or they feel embarrassed?
1: Um, I've been told that some guys are embarrassed that they don't want to come to me. But I've never had anybody, like any of my clients, really say that they're embarrassed. I think when they come here, they already know I'm a female and they feel comfortable. But I have had a couple people that prefer going to... A man because they feel comfortable, they feel more comfortable getting a dumb I,
0: man and i and I get that, but I mean, you're doing high quality work, so to me, it's like, hey, if she's in my area, I'm gonna pick Erica, she does really good work. Who cares? You know she sees bald heads all day what what difference does it make
1: yeah that that's what I mean, I would hope that they think like that way
0: so have you encountered anything where a guy comes in. And he's like, he doesn't know that you're, you know, this is a female-owned place, and he just sees. I don't know. Maybe online. He doesn't really research too much. And he sets up the consultation, maybe text or, or through email or something. And they come in and they're like, oh shit, you know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of naive to that stuff, so I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't even notice. i probably think if if they did do that, I'd probably just think it's something else.
0: Okay. Well, that's good that you didn't no one's came on and said hey i just don't want to go to you because you're a girl that hasn't happened that's good
1: no they haven't told me like straightforward yeah that would suck though because i'd be like why i'm not judging anybody
0: yeah you know because i get a lot of guys who come in to me uh, it's like a it's like a secret it's the biggest secret ever they don't even want people coming in even if i wanted to have someone that i trained in past to come watch they're like no Sometimes it's a pain in the ass. I'm like, they don't yeah, care. Yeah. <laughs> so you grew up in Texas,
1: for the most part. Yeah, I was born in California, lived in Florida when I was little, and then lived in Houston up until middle school. I lived in Mexico for a few months, and then we moved to Fort Worth. And Fort Worth is like right by Dallas. So I've been here. I've been here for a long time. Okay.
0: And um. How old were you when you moved to Mexico? Um,
1: probably like fifth or sixth grade.
0: And I'm assuming you speak you speak Spanish.
1: Yeah, I do. I'm fluent.
0: Okay, I've had to do full full procedures using Google Translator, which is oh
1: really? <laughs> yeah, but you could kind of understand what they're saying, right, with like their body language and their face expressions and all that.
0: It helps. It helps. Yeah. Um, so what was it like having to go from Mexico and then back to the U S
1: at the time? I don't think I really, like, I was just kind of going with the flow. I was used to moving around a lot because we moved okay. a lot because of my dad's work. So I was just like cool with anything.
0: Okay. And being in Texas now, um, I've I've been to Fort Worth it's, it's always hot, right?
1: Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, we get like two good weeks out of the year. It's either rainy, too hot, or too cold.
0: Do you have anybody, uh, I guess, complaining because, you know, you want to try not to sweat after they get SMP, right? And if it's always hot there, what do what you tell them to do? Just make sure you stay in air conditioner the rest of the day?
1: I mean, it's kind of hard to, because a lot of people, they just sweat just walk into their car. So I just tell them try, try to sweat the least possible. But I mean, if you know, sometimes we have to add an extra session, then I'll I'll do it for them. But in the summer, it's kind of like, it's like you can't not sweat.
0: Yeah, it just happens. You're just sitting around. I like how you said that. That you said you'll do the extra session because I do that too. Because you just, you want to keep people happy.
1: Yeah, yeah. It just might be a little little more work for us, but at least it'll look good. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Get the picture, right? Get the before and after picture. It helps you. They get helped. Everybody wins. <laughs> what's your um, What's your daily routine? So are, do you work five days a week or are you doing anything else? Is this your full-time gig or do you have a part-time job?
1: No, this is my full-time and I honestly work like almost pretty much every day. If I have a day off, it's just like I accidentally had a day off, but it's cool. I don't mind it because, you know, usually it's like one or two. I don't try not to do more than three people. So if I do have one person in the morning, I'm usually out by, you know, two or three hours. So I'm here Sunday, Saturday.
0: And okay. And so what did you do? I did that for a while too. When I, when I started out, I worked every single day just because Mm -hmm. you got to be there when people are available, right? You want to make the money, you got to pay all your bills. Um, And then, and then eventually do you plan on getting to the point where you're like, look, I'm just open Monday through Friday, kind of like a doctor's office, right? These are the times I'm available or uh, maybe some Saturdays. Do you want to get to that point? Or are you saying because you can finish early in the morning that, So you got someone from nine to 12 and then you're just out.
1: Yeah. I I tell myself I'm going to take off Sundays, but I have a lot of people that travel from, you know, you know, like uh, people will travel for the SMP a few hours and they're only off on the weekends. So Saturdays are always, always booked. Um, And a lot of people can only do Sunday. So um, I don't mind it right now, but even if I just have like one Sunday a month, that's completely off,
0: then I'm okay with that. I like your work, ethic <laughs> Thank uh, you. I'm assuming uh I was just watching, so I was looking at your Instagram, really looking at it um before our call. And I saw I love the video. I'm assuming that's your son saying yeah. if you're bald I love that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> he keeps saying it. It's like it's like embedded in his head now. <laughs> he just randomly dropped all it.
0: his teachers. <laughs> What, um, um, how old's your son?
1: He's five. He's
0: five. And so is it, has it been hard being, you know, starting your own business and, uh, being a mom?
1: Yeah, for sure. I have a, a, he's, he's on the autism spectrum. So that's already a little bit of a challenge. Sometimes Uh, he loves coming to work with me. We have a bunch of fun stuff to do here around the shop. So he, he thinks it's fun and he's doing better now, but, uh, it was a little hard. The good thing is that with, you know, doing SMP, I feel like I'm more flexible since I only do work a couple hours at a time. I have more time to take them to school, pick them up. And if I have to bring them up here, I can bring them up here and have an extra room and just have them watch TV. So, I
0: know all about it. Yeah. <laughs> So what do you think is, I guess, the biggest challenge for you with with being the mom and and him being on the spectrum? Um, I mean, have you ever had Do you have issues where you got to leave like in the middle of a procedure, go to the school or anything like that? Has that ever happened?
1: No, thank God. That's never happened. Um, Yeah, that that would suck. But it's it's never happened.
0: And do you ever let him um, use the machine? On a melon? No.
1: <laughs> no, but one time he got a hold of, uh, he was going through a little cactus phase where he would just draw cactuses everywhere. Hmm. And I was working on a client and I came out and there's like cactus everywhere. Like I just looked on the floor, there's a cactus and marker just everywhere.
0: <laughs> and are you um, renting your place right now? Or are you the, like the lease person, the person that's on the lease? Yeah, I do. Is it now did you have to pay for because your place looks really really nice? Um, mm-hmm. did you have to pay to like make the renovations, or did they do that for you?
1: They did some of it, and then um we kind of we got I got a pretty good deal where I'm at because this is a it's a good area. it's right by the it's like a mile from downtown, right by the hospital district, and it had been vacant for a long time whenever I first came in, it was like looked like a place out of the 70s. It was super old and beat up. But I think growing up, my dad always flipped houses for work. So I just had like this vision. So I walked in. I'm like, oh, it looks great. (laughs) Somebody else probably walked in. It's like, oh, this place is horrible. But I got a, I got a good I got a good deal on it. And they were able to do some of the stuff for me, like the floor. And I just had to take care of the seats and mostly cosmetic stuff.
0: Did they paint? Did you paint or did they paint?
1: Yeah, they painted uh, most of it. We just did some of, like, the detail work.
0: Okay. Now, did you, um, did, if you needed to, is your dad still around? Would he be able to help you with some of the stuff? if you want to make upgrades?
1: Sure. So, my dad retired. He went back to Mexico, living by the beach. Ah, so, good for him. Yeah. He comes back every few months, but I'm sure he could.
0: Um, what do you think is the biggest challenge? Like, so... What what kind of work did you do before you did SMP? Were you a hairstylist, a barber or something like that?
1: Yeah, I was a barber for 12 years, 12
0: to 13 years. Okay, so it was probably a little bit easier of a transition for you. So what was, I guess, what was the biggest challenge for you during that transition point when you were like, I'm not cutting hair anymore, I'm Mm -hmm. just gonna do SMP, What, what had to happen?
1: Uh, I just I got too busy I started because I was always really busy with barbering I was always like super booked up and weeks in advance and I just had to slowly start cutting down my days and it was like I'm working four days a week I'm working three days a week doing haircuts and then it got down to I can only cut two days and then I just had to I had to stop and it was hard because it felt like it felt like a breakup (laughs) it felt like I had to break up with my clients and some of them were really upset and um they they were just used to coming in every week or every two weeks for years because a lot of them stuck with me from the beginning and I was always reliable on time most of the time (laughs) but um but yeah I think that was the hard part is knowing like is this gonna be is this gonna be something that I can rely on and it was also it was also like I was thinking if I have any extra time then I can just focus on creating content and, you know, guerrilla marketing and stuff like that. And that, that's exactly what I did. So all creating all the content that was like a whole nother challenge because I never did that barbering barbering. It was just like client after client. And I just never had time to do that. So I think if I didn't quit, I wouldn't really be where I'm at today. Cause I'd be stuck doing haircuts.
0: I like that you said that. So you never really, a couple things. So you never jacked up your prices to like $200 a haircut, right? You kind of kept the same price and then just narrowed down the amount of days.
1: I did a little bit, not, not like a crazy amount, but I did start going up a little bit. Uh, Mm. That was the advice that all the people that I look up to told me to do just because it was in demand but
0: um it weaves them out
1: yeah and i still cut like four to five people that i can't let go of easy haircuts good clients and they pay really well so even though like i don't charge them crazy amount they'll pay me a pretty good amount to cut their hair so it takes me like 20 30 minutes yeah so it's just a little extra money
0: let's get into the so creating content it's um it's my personal favorite thing to do about SMP. Right. I love doing the SMP, changing your life, but I, I really enjoy making content. And for the first two years, like maybe even two and a half years I was doing it, I never showed my face because was, I was paranoid <laughs> that my, my coworkers would see me. Because I was still had my job. I was working at a bank and I was, I was so scared they would see me and I'd get in trouble or something. So I hid my face. But then when I was finally able to make content, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. Uh, your content is good. It's really good how did you there's a lot of people who are shy on camera right but you Mm -hmm. seem like you're not so what was it like for you to say hey i I just gotta put myself out there and talk because a lot of people don't like hearing their own voice or seeing themselves on camera
1: no that's me like i try to and i look up to your videos because you do all kinds of different things and you keep it fun and i don't see a lot of people kind of like go out of their shell but for me, it's it's really hard. Like, oh, sometimes I'll post a video and then I want to erase it. <laughs> or I'll try to just post and ghost so I don't overthink it. And I'm like, I start overthinking it and then I have people that will be like, oh, hey, I love your videos or I like this. So that kind of, you know, makes me feel a little bit more confident.
0: I love that you said post and ghost because sometimes that is what you got to do is just post it and just walk away. Don't look at it. Just be like, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> I said what I said, and yeah. I look the way yeah. I look. But I'll get I'll get anyone listening. I'll I'll give anybody this piece of advice. So the reason, and thank you for saying that, Erica, about my content. The reason I'm able to do a lot of this stuff is because I did take like training, like public speaking training, mm-hmm. more or less. So if have you ever heard of Toastmasters?
1: Yes, I've been looking for that. I've been looking like crazy. And I've been asking everybody because I cannot find a good club here in Fort Worth.
0: I'm sure if if there's any like big banks or large companies around there, they usually offer it. Uh, So I'm not sure what huge companies around there, but you can probably find a chapter there. But what that is, is you write 10 speeches, and they're seven minutes long. And sometimes you pour your heart out into the way you feel because you're supposed to be inspirational or you, you could talk about whatever you want. And when you get to the point where you're up there, you're giving your speech, people are counting your ums, looking at your body language, your sentence structure, uh, how you move. And after you're done, they're all like, Well, that sucked, or you look they'll just sit there and grill you. You said um 14 times. You looked down twelve times, you didn't move, you were a st- It's so uncomfortable you feel really awkward you're like damn they're just roasting me <laughs> and i just sat there and told you about how my my grandmother died or something like that and it's like it's like but it does help it does help so i after that you know doing those classes just helped me learn how to be an effective communicator and i'll give you i'll give you the biggest secret i got you can say anything erica and people will listen to it and gravitate towards it if you say it with confidence. So you could tell the biggest lie, biggest piece of bullshit <laughs> you want to say. But if you say it like, bam, 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 this is how you do this. Or this is how it's done. or how about. But if you're like, um, I don't, so I can create your hairline and I think I can make it look good. Like they're just not going to take you serious. It's almost like fake it till you make it type yeah, thing.
1: But you're selling yourself.
0: Yeah. So what I recommend to you and anybody who listens to this in the future, record yourself, watch it. It sucks. Trust me. I know it sucks watching yourself uh, on camera and listening to yourself and then critique it. Be like, how can I make this better? And then practice it again and again. And the more you practice until you get to the point where, you know, you could do whatever it is you do and also sound good and feel good about what you're saying.
1: Yeah. So what I did a while back is I erased everybody off Snapchat. Like I blocked everybody and, um, I just kept my family on there. And that's what I, that's was, that was my plan. Sit on there and talk every day. And I just kind of kept falling off. Cause I knew if I asked them, they'd tell me the truth, but it's definitely so- a goal. Like that's one thing I want to improve. And I've came a long way from the beginning cause I was always saying, um, or, you know, it's just with practice, I've gotten a little bit better, but I still have a long way to go.
0: I love that you. So you're saying you went on Snapchat, deleted all your friends, and then you would post on your Snapchat story, which is only like your family would see it, and then they would give critique you?
1: That was my plan. That's what I wanted to do, and I like I would do it, but I never I didn't do it consistently enough to to get good at it. It's but genius I, idea. Yeah, just keep like people that you trust or kind of like a training. That,
0: that that's really I never heard of that. I never even would have thought of that. That's that's good stuff. That's good stuff. And cause a lot of people don't use Snapchat like that. So that's yeah. I like that.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't anymore. Like when I was younger I did. It was all about Snapchat, but
0: everybody's oh, like, great. Did you
1: block me? I'm like, I blocked everybody.
0: <laughs> Take no personal offense. <laughs> Well, um, As the, so when you were doing the barbering, uh, did you have your own shop? Were you working with a bunch of people? Was it other females or all guys or how was that? Uh,
1: for most of my career, I was the only girl. Sometimes there'd be like one other girl mm-hmm. and I worked at two different barber shops. Uh, and they were all really good barbers, super busy shops. And, um, we were like a family. It was, it was great, great experience. And then I, I got a suite and then after a suite, I moved up into a, um, what are those things called? Shipping container. So my suite was in a shipping container. So it was a little bit bigger, but it was like an awkward space. And then I really wanted to come closer to downtown because I had a lot of clients traveling. So I wanted to be somewhere where it was central and then somewhere where there'd be things to do for them if they decided they wanted to stay for the weekend
0: that's smart that's a smart marketing position and i want to go back to the shipping container so did someone just take a bunch of shipping containers and convert them into like uh little mobile uh workshops
1: yeah they were like little businesses and they were all different color it was was cool it was just like in the middle of nowhere
0: wow that i mean i want to build you ever look at the tiny homes that are made out of shipping containers They're so cool. I want (laughs) to get, I want, my goal is to have a tiny home up in the mountains here in, in middle Pennsylvania at some point in my life, but that's cool that they made barbershops and other businesses out of it. You have to send me a picture of that later.
1: Oh yeah. That's a really cool idea. Yeah.
0: How do you feel about the industry? I'm, I'm asking everybody this. So, I want to word this correctly. The industry's growing, right? It's still uh-huh. not totally mainstream. How do you feel about people in the industry growing? Do you think it's getting oversaturated? Are you having to fix other people's work? or How's that going?
1: Um, I think I have had to fix a lot of people's work. And then there's some people that, unfortunately, it's too saturated that we can't fix. So, I don't think it's saturated yet. I do think that a lot of people need to keep educating people on what S&P is. So, I feel like that's kind of our job right now is that there's so many people out there that still don't know what S&P is. So, we have it a little bit harder because we're having to go out there and do extra hard work, extra marketing. So maybe in 10 years, might be a little bit more saturated, but a lot more people will know what it is, kind of like microblading with women or permanent makeup and all that. Cuz everybody knows what that is.
0: I agree. And you're going to be well established. So, it's yeah, like you so. want to go you want <laughs> to go the, the best in Fort Worth or not. <laughs> What's your long-term goal with SMP? What do you what do you think you want to do? Do you want to have a Uh, a bigger shop eventually do you want to have more people doing it there what's your long-term goal do you think
1: um my five-year goal right now is I would love to open another clinic somewhere in like Dallas Frisco area it's it's growing a lot there's a lot of money out there there's a lot of people and we're getting like Universal Studios over there and all kinds of like new stuff so i would love to have like another clinic over there and then also have like paramedical tattoo and like the camouflage and all that i think it'd be cool to have all that together because there's not a there's some artists out here but there's really not a lot
0: you're right you're 100 percent right you're also and I, I love that vision and i think that's a smart idea and i didn't even know they were building universal studios down there but you're in a situation like me where our names, so mine's Delaware SP, your Fort Worth S yes. P. Are you gonna put a Fort Worth SMP in Dallas or would you call it yes. Dallas SMP?
1: See, I have thought about that and I'm like that was when I first started barbering, I thought SMP would be like my side thing. So I never I wasn't thinking far ahead at that time. So I mean it's worked out great. It's really good for the SEO. People just Google it and it's Correct. it's Easy to find. But um yeah, long term that definitely would have to think of something else.
0: Cause I, I thought I'm the same as you. I've thought about this. I'm like, when am I gonna put a Delaware SMP in, in uh Virginia? Like I don't know. Um I there's guess you places could, right? I do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could. But I, I thought about that. But that I like your idea. I like your idea and I think it's smart. And if you could get ahead of the curve now would you Are you thinking like you'd travel back and forth or you'd open another location from someone that you had trained?
1: I would want to open the other location and then you know, try to establish that and have somebody else here and then eventually go back and forth or I would like to move over there. So it's just kind of like, I'm still, it's something like I wanna work on. So it's not really in the works just yet, but it's just the goal.
0: It is. And and I know what you mean about thinking about moving and stuff like that. It what's What scares me is that I'm already established here, right? So then mm-hmm. I feel like, do I have to start from zero again if I moved or set up no. a new location?
1: So do you just have one location?
0: Or- yeah, I have this. And then I almost opened Philadelphia SMP and then the COVID happened. And then I put it on hold because I was like, do I want to go into the city where there's a zillion people? And I just, I just didn't want to risk it. Yeah. So I just have my, my location, this one location now. Um, But I had, but the good thing is, is I bought my location. So the first place I ran it from for like the four years, I ran it from a, uh, a dental, a dentist. And he was like, Joey, you can't, you can't stay here anymore. So, He's like, I'm knocking down the wall. So I had to, I kind of did what you did where you said it looked like 1970s. I found this place who was in the same facility and I convinced this guy to sell it to me because it's was like, because when you spend money and the state comes in and you have to have sinks and there's all these rules, you have to have easily wipeable surfaces. It's like, you're spending money to do all that, but I don't own it. So fortunately, I was able to convince them to sell it to me. Wow. And so now I own this unit and I have a basement. So it's like I can expand by finishing the basement and then have people work in here. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that's awesome. This place was a dentist too, a dentist's office.
0: <laughs> yeah, So kind of easy to convert, right? But it, it had the old wood paneling and stuff. So I had to rip mm-hmm. that out, put drywall in, all that sort of thing. Uh, make a lot of upgrades. Yeah. But it ended up working out. So yeah, I... I I recommend if you find a spot, buying the property because then you don't feel like you're throwing your money away to rent unless you got really cheap rent and you're like, this is a good deal for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs>
0: um, what do you think um, about your needles? So I know you're with Chris. Shout out to Art of SMP, Chris. Do you like, do you like those needles? Is that what you're consistently working with?
1: Oh yeah, always. Yeah, I love them. Um, I feel like before I used to use a couple of different needles that for certain different uh, types of skin. Mm-hmm. Some were really good with this brand and then others were really good with this other brand. But I feel like Eero's brand, it just works well with all types of skin. So it's like a good all over needle.
0: Yeah, I, I've used them. I have some. I've used them. And Chris even sent me the lotion uh, on the house, and I fucking love that lotion. I really do.
1: Is it that mattifying stuff?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I put that on my face sometimes. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it smells good.
1: Yeah. It
0: like It's like a, what is it? Like a, what's that, peach tree? Pe- peach tree or something like that? I like the way that the lotion actually smells. Mm-hmm.
1: And the foam um, have you tried the foam
0: uh i don't think i've tried his his foam but i have tried foam
1: yeah i like his foam because it has like that eucalyptus scent so it's like a little cooling effect
0: okay okay do you use the foam? so let me ask you this this will be more of a, a technical question um when you're going throughout your procedure do you spray like a vasocaine or any, or like a blue gel on it during it and then wipe and then use the foam? Or do you just go straight through? Uh,
1: After you're saying like before the treatment or after?
0: I'm saying during it, let's say you did, uh, you're working on the back of the head, you finish, I don't know, a couple inches of the back of the head, you're working up towards the crown. So what I, I do is I'll wipe and then I'll spray the vasocaine On there to take the redness down Uh because if it gets too red, I can't work and then it's all inflamed and crazy looking
1: Yeah, and it's hard to see
0: Yeah, Yeah. I did that
1: but I don't use a lot of it whenever I'm actually working I use it after for the redness to go down so I can get a good a good picture
0: Yep, I agree I I I
1: agree
0: And what type of machine are you using? Using wireless.
1: Yeah, I use the mask or no, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, not mask, Flux. <laughs> flex, uh, which one? I don't know if I know that one, flex, so I did say
1: FK irons.
0: Okay. I'm using the, ma- I am using the mask.
1: Yeah. Which
0: and, one, uh, uh, it's called Dragonhawk, Dragonhawk. Okay, yeah, yeah. The first, but the, I just started using it, uh, I guess a year and a half year and a half maybe two years ago i was using the cord for a long time because um the battery would die on the now they're making they're a lot better they last long like i can use a four hour session i might go down to 70 Mm percent
1: oh yeah so no issues uh, with you um i used to use the small pen that was by fkr i think it was called a
0: the little skinny one like that's not maybe this big.
1: No, it's it's bigger than that. It's the Zion S uh, with a cord. I, I started with that. Okay. But I really like the Flex. I like the mask because it charges. The, the battery will last a lot longer than the actual Flex. Okay. And you could get when, a, a mass for the price of a battery. <laughs> but,
0: yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You <laughs> got backups. I got backups. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I do have a mass backup.
0: You got to, what if, you know, it breaks? Yeah. Um, When, do you get a lot of females as a female? Does that, do you think that helps you? Like, are you doing a lot of density fills?
1: Um, Not a lot. I do like 85%, 90% men. And I, I like, I like doing women, but I feel like most of my portfolio is men. So it's, it's a little bit harder for me to get female clients here. And I think a lot of people still don't know what that SMP can be for a woman also.
0: Is that still your, is that one of your biggest challenges is just getting the word out there that we offer SMP?
1: I mean, I use social media a lot like TikTok. TikTok has been great with, uh, for new clients. I've been getting a lot of people from there, but I think because I don't post a lot of women, then I don't have a lot of women. And I'm also used okay. to working already with like male clients because of
0: barbering. Because of the barbering. Okay. Mm-hmm. With with your marketing, so what what types of marketing are you doing? You're on TikTok. You're on Instagram. I'm assuming probably Facebook. You just filter mm-hmm. Instagram right into your Facebook. Uh, are, what are you doing on Google?
1: Yeah, so I have somebody that does my Google. And then I just create content for TikTok. Sometimes I'll post, I'll boost the post on TikTok but I feel like it always works
0: better when it's organic for sure, hundred percent hundred percent and you don't have to spend any money yeah <laughs> have you gotten here's the question you can answer it if you want. I know you see me ranting about uh basically people not being completely honest about what they can do for marketing, I'll say. You know, they're like, Oh, I'm going to get you all these leads in like 10 minutes. You'll have, you know, people knocking on your door. Have you ran into a situation where people basically try to scam you or or you signed up for a marketing company and you paid them a bunch of money and they didn't deliver?
1: Um, well, no, not really. I did have one guy that I worked with for a short amount of time and, um, it wasn't a lot of money i was paying them like 350 a month yeah. for and i gave them like 3 or 4 months and i didn't see anything but the company i was working with before they did really good they did really good um, and then i was just trying to go cheaper route so i didn't get anything from the cheaper company and then i stuck with the company that i'm with now and i haven't had haven't had any issues or anything Okay. it's been a little bit slower than it was the previous year but i've heard that that's everywhere
0: yeah that's a good point i'm glad you brought that up um it's definitely slower 100 percent. 100 percent slower all across the board uh the economy going down this is a luxury item right i mean are you yeah. going to pay your car payment and your rent or are you going to go get your hairline back unfortunately that's what we're dealing with that's why we got i'm sure you probably got cherry or paypal credit as well right to offer people oh yeah and um do you get a lot of people who actually use that do the financing
1: yeah cherry i use mainly cherry and um you know aside the fees the fees kind of suck but it's it's really i really do have a lot of people that use it so it's it's been a good advantage
0: The fees do suck. One thing I do is like if you pay cash, you get a discount, but if you pay full price, you know, I factor in the the fee cost. Mm -hmm. You know, because when you're doing a twelve hundred dollar transaction or two thousand dollar transaction, it's not five dollars, you know, they take eighty-six, one hundred and twenty dollars. I'm like, come on.
1: I think it's like ten percent, right? Because I had somebody the other day and it was like two hundred (sighs) and fifty dollar fee.
0: Yeah, jack that price up. Or, or you know, discount for the cash, right? or Mm -hmm. And just keep market higher. When you're bringing people in for consultations, do you give a price breakdown? Because I've heard mixed things on this. I'll tell you what I do for So what I do is I give them, you know, they come in, we talk about everything. And then I say, okay, here's $200 deposit. And then here's what you pay session one, session two, session three, session three, I usually make it about $300. I don't really like to go higher than 500. Mm-hmm. Because if you do a great job on the first or second session, they might not come back, right? Yeah. So the but if you make it a smaller amount, they're more likely to come back because they're like, well, mm-hmm. I already committed $2,500. Anyway, might as well finish this up. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I do that. I Tell people 10% deposit and then upfront. But then if people think that's a little bit high, then I'll work out like installments where most of it is due upfront, and then we'll break it down. I learned that, I learned that the hard way <laughs> at the beginning because there was people where I was charging per session, and I would do one session and I wouldn't see them for the second session. So like a year later, and it, it just looked incomplete. And then they were telling everybody I did it, so now i understand
0: why a lot of artists do that you were so that's such a good point when you charge the one session they're like they're like oh man well i only paid 500 or 700 or however much you charge 800 for this one session. i mean it looks better than just a bald head but in but then you as an artist you're like oh man i know i can make that look 10 times better if you just keep coming back and let me finish but there's a lot of people who are You know, they're trying to get one over. They think they're winning like something by not coming back to do the next session. But, well, I got one out of them.
1: Oh, yeah. And then some of them, like it was when I was cutting their hair and I would see it. And I'm like, I almost wanted to be like, let me just do it. I'll do it for free. But then I'm like, no, I know he's got money. So (laughs) I didn't give in. Eventually he came back and we finished it. But it was just like that long time that. And then I would be embarrassed because it was one session. It was when I was first starting. He'd go to other barbers. He'd be like, oh, Erica did this.
0: Yeah. And then it's in the back of your mind. You're like, but I'm not done. But I'm not done. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, it bought it. But and then in the beginning, you're still learning, too. When I first was learning, they only had the I was using like a a one. It was not even a three round liner. It was just like a one round liner. And it was not barely showing up. It was terrible. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of Yeah, work. it was not fun. Um, aside from, I, I'd like to talk a little bit more about uh, just your time management as an SMP artist, because I think that's one of the biggest things people kind of struggle with. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how do you, do, I mean, do you do a bunch of other stuff outside of SMP or are you all focused on just, hey, this is you're constantly thinking about how can I bring in more people? I'm sure that's I think we all do that. Right. But do you ever just say Nope, not doing it when you're home? Like,
1: Um, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to disconnect from. I mean, when I'm distracted by my kids, then I'm not thinking SMP. But but if I'm not doing that, then I'm always thinking SMP.
0: I know how you feel. I do. I know <laughs> how you feel, unfortunately. And even if I say, look, I like I had to get to the point where I was like, I'm not going to respond to messages uh, or someone texts me at nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night. Unless it's the person for the next day, I mm-hmm. won't respond, even though I want to, because it's mm-hmm. just like, if I keep making myself available,
1: yeah. I
0: felt like my time was getting taken, taken advantage of, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, yeah. I felt like that barbering.
0: Yeah, it's like, dude, I got I have a life outside of this. You know, I, I got other stuff I have to do. And you're asking me, I will get back to you. But it is an easy way to communicate through text and giving people your number, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of leaving a voicemail, like having a, like, I don't even have an office phone. Do you?
1: No, I don't. No, but I do. I know what you mean. Like, I'll wake up sometimes, and it's really early. And I'm so tempted to text somebody back. And I'm like, No, just wait till it's like kind of business hours.
0: Well, you're nice. I, I text, I'll text them at five thirty in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially if it's a, if, if it's a scheduling thing, like, cause I just, I need to know, you know, Yeah. now do you, are you, um, someone who likes to do your SM like start the first session early in the morning? Do you say I'm not doing a first session at, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon? Cause we're going to be here till six or seven.
1: Um, I try to, but I have, I do tend to do some in the afternoon also.
0: Do you feel worn down during this? Like at, if you scheduled the first sessions, uh, later in the day, or have you built up a, a tolerance?
1: No, I feel, I, I think I have built up a tolerance. I do feel worn out when I take multiple first sessions in one day. And, um, yeah, I've done it before and I'm like, why did I do this? <laughs> this it's
0: terrible. Crazy. It is. Yeah,
1: I, start to feel like, I start to feel like my hand runs out of battery. Like I want to keep going and then I just can't move anymore. I
0: know, I know exactly how you feel. And I almost have a rule now, unless it's a small first session, I'm doing the first session in the morning and then I'll do a second or third in the afternoon. I don't like to do more than three. I only do two now, but I've done three in the past. I hate doing it. I hate just the cleanup process if I'm
1: Oh yeah. Setting up. cleaning. <laughs> I was just talking about that with Helen from hybrid Inc., We're like, I used to set up after each client ready for my next one. Now I'm just like, Oh man.
0: Yeah. Gotta go do it.
1: The breakdown and the setup is, is a lot of work.
0: But I saw you have uh, you put a bag over your, you have a nice chair, by the way you put, you. what is that plastic thing you put over top? Cause I'm wrapping giant pieces of Saran wrap.
1: It's a chair cover. Yeah, and so where, you just slide it in you, there, like a disposable chair cover.
0: Where did you get that?
1: I think Amazon or Tetsu. Really? Yeah.
0: You know, I didn't even think I didn't even think to look for yeah, something it's so, like that. It's so easy. Yeah, so all you have to do is just pop it all.
1: Uh-huh. You'd and, pop it on and then I just throw my trash in there when I'm done, wrap it up.
0: I'm gonna look into that because I, I end up you know I'm going like this wrapping it around it <laughs> every time and I get the big industrial ones from home depot. Yeah. And yeah, I just pain, pain the butt. When you were first learning SMP, what was the hardest thing for you to figure out? I mean, you do have the barber background, so I guess you know about shape ups and hairlines, but what I've noticed people who don't have a barber background, a lot of them struggle with the hairlines. Uh-huh. What was that like for you?
1: Um, so at first it's easy knowing like although they weren't straight at the beginning it was easy to know where it was supposed to be but my my biggest struggle was natural hairlines because i just wanted to keep adding and keep adding and before you knew it it was another lineup so i told myself work really hard like if this is hard for me i need to work on that harder so i was like i tried so hard it was a lot of times that you know, little by little, I started liking it more. And now I love doing natural hairlines, but it took me a long time before I could feel comfortable.
0: I know exactly what you mean. You feel you, like when you're doing a natural hairline, it almost feels like you're never done, right? You're like, well, let me add just one more stop. right there.
1: You have to learn when to stop. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, it's it's just like I can do, oh, let me get this. And then you add one on the right side. And you're like, oh, I got it. I know it's natural, but I'm going to add just one more over here. And then are yeah. like, oh
1: gonna end up with it you know,
0: i know i i know all about it because <laughs> you want it to look good and then you just keep adding a little bit and then eventually you go, i gotta walk away from this it's yeah yeah
1: that's that's the hardest thing for me to learn is that barbering i you know i was just used to making lines and now i had to not make a line
0: so i'm assuming doing the straight line edge up is e- is easier for you
1: yeah oh yeah well, not anymore. I feel comfortable doing both, but for when I first started, natural hairlines were really hard for me.
0: Now, do you prefer? What's your ideal? Is your ideal thing doing a uh, natural hairline?
1: Yes, I, I like it because I feel like you get to create it. You know, it's I feel like it's more freedom. More fun. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree, and I and I get the pe- and people want the permanent shape up. That's fine. Um, but I do like the natural because I have that we have the flexibility, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is something that you had, that you found out the hard way in the beginning that maybe, uh, you could share with other SMP artists who are just learning that took you a while to figure out, uh, any piece of advice for them? Um,
1: don't stop, <laughs> don't stop promoting. That was one thing that there was days that I would post something and I'd get no feedback. I'd get no love on it. And um, I just told myself, you know, just keep doing it, keep doing it. Eventually the more people see something, I think it stays relevant in their head. So they might look like they're not paying attention, but if they see it all the time and then, you know, they spark up a conversation about hair loss. They're likely going to bring you up. So I always tell like people that I train, just always keep talking about it. Stay consistent. Don't, you know, stay super consistent at the beginning and then just fall off because that's easy to do. And I think that's why a lot of people give up.
0: I totally agree with you. hundred percent. Right. And I like how you, I like what you brought up about you post something, you're not getting any love for it. I've had this conversation many times uh, with different people. And one thing I'll tell anybody listening is your potential clients might follow you for months, for years, and never engage. It's a secret. It's a secret. They don't want people, if they like Erica's post, they might like it in their head, but they're not going to physically like it and comment on it because they don't want other people to see that they liked and commented on this and that they're struggling with hair loss.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about it that way. But also what I would do sometimes, because there's a lot of people that want to support you, but they don't know anything about the algorithm. Like I didn't know anything about it before. So I'll make sure to say, please comment, like and share. What do you think about this? Because otherwise they wouldn't have thought about showing it. But I have to explain how it brings up views and... Reaches the more more people.
0: engagement keeps it in the timeline,
1: yeah
0: I know, so and I know what you mean, and it. bringing it up to people when you bring that sort of thing up to people in person, it feels a little weird, right? It's like, can you just make sure you comment <laughs> on hey, mom, hey cousin, can you just make sure you comment and like on it because it's just helping me out because sometimes people they're just scrolling or or they're on a break, and they just scroll right past it and they're like,, eh. and,
1: yeah, but they daughter. don't think. <laughs> I tell my daughter to like my stuff. I'm like, did you like my post? She's like, no, I don't want bald people on my timeline. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> I <can> feed
0: you. <laughs> hey, so you have two kids? Yeah, I do. How old's your daughter? She's 15. Okay. 15, 15 and five. So that's a big age gap. Oh yeah. So was that hard for you? Like basically kind of starting from the beginning again?
1: Yeah, it was, but I was a young mom. So that was, you know, there was no way that I could have done it before. So it's a, it's a big age gap, but it's, it's also been, it's been fun. And, and she's been helpful. You
0: know, that it, I mean, f- she can help at least talk to her friends. Right. And tell them, tell them to tell their dads about it.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I got both uh, my, of them.
0: My- my speaking of the, so my sister is actually about to have a uh the one who does microblading here she's a has a 13 year old and she's actually about to have a her second child now too so that's a huge gap something you know that you have to deal with and as a business owner and, and it can also
1: always the bad one because <laughs> you're on your second one too right
0: yeah, yeah, my wife's doing like two weeks. That's why I had to get this thing up and running and start it before uh, chaos <laughs> begins. <laughs> I am uh, I'm nervous because it's a girl. Uh, you know, I have a, my son now. Just the physical act of cleaning a diaper on a girl is is going to be different for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what do they say, back to front or front to back? See, now I'm mixing it up. What is it? <laughs>
1: Front to back, <laughs>
0: front to back. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's gonna, I, I think I I'm as mentally prepared as I think I can be, but you know, you get anxiety.
1: Yeah. It'll it'll come. There'll be plenty of diapers. You'll get plenty <laughs> of practice.
0: <laughs> I just, you know, I try to do the best that I can. And, um, but it, you know, Having kids, you start getting paranoid about things you would never think of, you know, like, oh, man, what if this train derails or oh this car hit? Like the craziest thing that wouldn't happen. You just think it might happen.
1: Yeah, that's I thought I was the only one. And yeah, now I know even even I get really bad flying anxiety, like really bad. And I love to travel. So I try not to let it stop me. But every time I get on a plane and we're about to take off, I'm like, what am I doing? This is the last time I do it. And the only way I relax is I start looking at the flight attendants. I'm like, okay, they do this all the time. If they're calm, everything's good.
0: No, you're right. You're right. You almost have a little bit of guilt. Like I I just went to California just for the weekend before uh, my daughter is going to be born last week or the week before. And the whole time I had this like guilt, kind of what you were saying. What if I die? And then my kids don't have me, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, but but I do like traveling as well. Uh, Yeah, it's scary being a parent. I think it's the fear
1: of just not having control. Like, you know that you don't have control over that and you want to be the protector. And
0: And you want to be there for them, right? You want to be, and if something that happens out of your control to cause you to be either seriously hurt or die, it's like, it, it will haunt you forever, especially yes, if you yeah. live, you know what I mean? And then, yeah, it's a lot of paranoia that goes mm-hmm. into to being a parent. And um, I don't think everybody, cause I didn't understand it really. I mean, I kind of thought it, but then when you feel it, it's like, it's terrible.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Anything else you want to call out or, or before that, how do you feel about the future of the SMP industry? Do you think we're going to keep growing? Do you think we're going to be replaced by robots?
1: Um, I hope not, but I think we'll continue to grow. And if there is robots, I definitely won't support it because <laughs> it's kind of scary to me.
0: I know. And I saw that guy who's made that, um, the little needle that it's like a, a newer tool, but it's not a total robot. Like. We're not going into, you know, those when women have the blow dryer thing. That's Uh what I'm picturing. You go in there and it's like, all the needles at the same time. So (laughs) I don't think we're there yet. Um, anything else you want to call out before we're done?
1: Um,
0: that I could think of, I can't think of anything right now. That's fine. Well, so to uh, let's tell us where you're. Where you're from, um, your contact information, your Instagram, your TikTok, uh, and you're sponsored, right? Or you're you're on a pro team.
1: Uh huh. So I'm sponsored by Blends, uh, part of the Art of SMP. Uh, it's a pigment and needles, and um, I love the product. That's why I'm I'm always posting about it. It's actually because I really love it, and I am um, located in Fort Worth, so that's about 30 minutes. From Dallas, I do get a lot of people come from Dallas. Most of my clients come from Dallas and Instagram Fort Worth SP, TikTok Fort Worth SP, and Facebook is Fort Worth SP.
0: And do you offer training?
1: I do, yeah. I do a lot of small classes. I prefer to do smaller classes because I feel like my students will feel more comfortable and they'll get more hands on. So I have a couple trainings coming up.
0: Okay. So anybody in the area in Texas go see Erica Martinez for your training, for a mentorship, ask her questions, spread the word. She's killing it.
1: Thank you and I appreciate you having me on here.
0: Yeah, thank you. We'll have to we'll have to catch up again when I get my full functioning studio thing going. Cuz right now I I got it one off, but I plan on building like a a full thing. But keep doing what you're doing cuz you really are dominating your your content is get, is good just keep taking it to the next level uh i really enjoy uh watching everything you're doing and watching you grow thank so. you
1: likewise likewise
0: thank you erica have a good day
1: thank
0: you <laughs>